The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Tip your royal blue hats with the white KC letters written on it and move on. That's the theme from tonight. Welcome to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Devo with your dish for game two of the Dodger series, an unfortunate two to nothing LA shutout. And this is kind of a game that went about as we expected, though, isn't it? Nothing really surprising happened tonight. Two great pitchers did their thing again. Clayton Kershaw, no doubt the best starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, coming off of a no hitter and going against a very inconsistent Casey offense, to put it kindly. Kershaw shuts him down to the tune of eight shutout innings on six hits, eight strikeouts, just one walk. Eight shutout innings, six hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. And sadly, Kershaw probably wasn't pitching his A game either. I'm sure he was pitching a B-plus type game, but definitely wasn't the best he's pitched all season. Obvious statement after his game against the Rockies last time out, which many call perhaps the best game in Major League history, which might be a stretch, but... You know, there wasn't really a playoff magnitude or a World Series magnitude on and on. But I digress. No need to argue he's a great pitcher. The Royals really only had two chances against Kershaw all night. There was the bottom of the fourth when Eric Hosmer punched a one-out single up the middle. Billy Butler struck out. Then Alex Gordon walks after Eric Hosmer's already advanced in a wild pitch. So you got runners at first and second with two outs. A chance for Salvador Perez to tie the game or give the Royals a lead with a gap. But... He grounds out to third baseman Justin Turner for the third out. So the Royals are turned away there in the fourth. And finally, in the bottom of the seventh, their best chance of the night. Omar Infante and Danny Valencia back-to-back one-out singles, giving the Royals first and second with one out. But as he has the entire season, Justin Maxwell, albeit in limited at-bats, but albeit fact, is unable to come up with a big hit. And he grounds out in the fielder's choice. That gives the Royals first and third with two outs, down one, nothing. But Alcides Escobar, who hit a ball hard up the middle, had it deflected off of Kershaw. It's a base hit and a run. Had it gotten through, it's a base hit and a run. It wasn't far. And I don't know, is Escobar a little banged up maybe? Is his back bothering him, his feet? Because I could have sworn he'd beat out that grounder up the middle from my seat there in section 132. It just seemed like he would get there. He didn't, though. He was thrown out by a half step. Very nice play by second baseman Miguel Rojas. Gets Escobar there by a smidge at first. I ask about Escobar because later on then in the ninth inning, he didn't even attempt to knock down that ball up the middle. From where I was at, it looked like he could have at least dove and knocked it down, but it seemed like he kind of came on blame on that. So I don't know. I might just be seeing things, but uh, that'd be the last threat, you know, threat the Royals would mount there in the bottom of the seventh as they go down 2 to nothing after L.A. adds a run in the ninth off of Kelvin Herrera. Royals offense overall, let's talk about it. I'd say it's a decent, to, a decent night. I'm not going to say good because they didn't score any runs. Decent night. I say decent. I'm aware they got shut down the whole game and eight innings against Kershaw, but they were able to put seven base runners on against Clayton Kershaw, which is a fair effort in eight innings. I mean, that's not quite a whip of one, but I think that's decent. Seven base runners in eight innings. Problem was the extra base hit, you know, extra base hit wasn't there for the Royals tonight, as the Royals had no extra base hits tonight compared to the triple for the Dodgers, which is basically the difference in the game. More on that here in a minute. But... You know, seven base runners against Kershaw. Decent job with the pitch count. Almost 14 pitches per inning, which is not good, but it's not awful. 108 pitches in eight innings for Kershaw. The eighth inning was kind of weak. They only had, what, six pitches in that eighth inning. 
Luckily, he didn't come back out, but still didn't like the at-bats there in the eighth inning. Some quick at-bats in the ninth as well, which I didn't love. Wasn't crazy about him. Royals' offense was decent. I'm not going to criticize him too much tonight. Two guys had two hits tonight for the Royals. Danny Valencia and Eric Hosmer. But, again, they were soft hits. They were just singles. Offense, whatever. Move on. Not a huge deal. You faced, if not the best pitcher in baseball, I don't know who is. I mean, he's got to be the best pitcher in baseball right now. You beat Grinky last night, so you just tip your cap and move on. Seattle's over. You can't be thinking about that and let it snowball on you. Seattle's gone. I play it series by series. We're one-to-one. Get a win tomorrow. That's a nice series. You take two out of three from the Dodgers. You take that all the time. So defensively, well, that includes Danny Duffy. We'll talk about him first before the defense and all that good stuff. Six innings for Duff, one run, four hits, five strikeouts, the four walks you don't love. But overall, Duffy grinded through six innings. Gave the Royals, obviously, a fantastic chance to win this game. And never seemed in trouble. He really wasn't outside of that first inning when, gosh, we talked about Escobar being an inch away from hitting the ball off of Kershaw, you know, in that bottom of the seventh, or getting through the middle, being out by a half step or less. Actually, less than that. Well, yeah, half step at first. But then you think about the inches there in the first inning. Lorenzo Cain just inches away from making a great catch on Turner's triple, which had he played it more conservatively, you know, probably could have held him to a, a single or a double, which could have turned the whole game around, as it would be. Almost made that catch. Anyway, even if he didn't, you get Matt Kemp to ground out. You got a runner at third with one out. Yasiel Puig was safe by about, I don't know, two-tenths of a second at first base. Would have been the second out with nobody scoring as... You know, they replayed that. The Royals lost it just barely. It couldn't have been more than a, you know, a tenth of a second. An eyelash, literally. They were that close to getting him out. Of course, they got the next guy out. Would have gotten the Royals out of that first inning. So just inches away tonight between the Escobar at bat. You know, between that, it, it just wasn't the Royals' night tonight. Just, you know, tip your cap move on. It's, there's nothing to be upset about tonight, really. It's disappointing, of course. It's not fun to lose 2 nothing and fun to, what, give up. Two runs for is that what, three times in the last five games. The Royals have done that and lost. That's not good. But, again, Seattle's over. This is over. I play it series by series. Tomorrow we've got Dan Heron against James Shields. Let's talk about this matchup tomorrow. Very intriguing matchup. Two guys that have, n- I'm not going to say near stats. I mean, their ERAs are similar. Shields, many more innings, more strikeouts. Shields is the better pitcher this year. But Dan Heron's got a 3.62 ERA. Shields, of course, is moving up to 3.71. So Shields... Let me double check that. It is 371. I'm doing that off the top of my head, but I believe that's correct here. Let's double check that while I talk to you. 362 for Heron. 61 strikeouts and 92 innings. So Dan Heron is not going to strike anybody out. That's one thing we know about tomorrow. Shields is 370, by the way. That's point one off. So 370 Shields against 362 Heron. Pretty similar there. Shields, more innings pitch, more strikeouts. But Dan Heron, 7 and 4, 362, going basically six innings on the nose every start. And remarkably consistent. He's not overpowering. His last 10 starts, Dan Heron has given up three earned runs exactly in six of the 10. So over half the time he's pitched over the last two months, almost, Dan Heron has given up three runs, six of the 10 times. The other four outings, there were four runs in two of them and two runs in two of them. So really, if James Shields pitches the game that you're paying him to, the game that you went out and traded for him, and the game that he you know, got the Huego G or Big Game James and the game where he's trying to get a big contract this offseason. He's got a if he pitches a game like that where he goes seven innings, two runs, eight innings, three runs, what have you, the Royals should win the game tomorrow. The Royals should be able to score three to four runs off of Dan Heron tomorrow. Three to four should be enough tomorrow. And it needs to be enough with James Shields being who he is. We're we're gonna score off a of Heron tomorrow. It's just a matter of how much. 
I'll take four runs off of Heron tomorrow. I'll take three runs probably if it's in six innings. Three and six is great. Get to their bullpen, tack on another run or two. You should win that game with the fresh Wade Davis tomorrow, a fresh Greg Holland, Aaron Crow is available, Francis Lee Bueno, and you've got an off day after that. So all your guns are available tomorrow in the bullpen. No excuse to not use them tomorrow if need be with Shields going. But make or break time almost for James Shields right now. He's been struggling for a while now. It's not awful. He's still having a good season. But either this is an, you know, an indictment on how good the Royals' rotation is or maybe on how disappointing Shields has been. He, at the moment, is technically just about the weak link in this rotation. That's how good the rotation's been. A guy with a 3.70 ERA and you know already over 100 innings pitched, but you know another bad outing, another four or five run outing, he's going to be dangerously close to an ERA of four, and that's just not acceptable at a big game, James. As we head, you know, this is his second-to-last start in the month of June, isn't it? Let's see. Today is June 21. This is his last start in the month of June. You don't want James Shields going into July, into July with a 4 ERA. So he needs to step up tomorrow. For the team's sake, he got to win this 2 out of 3. You can't afford to go 1-5. and five. You know, You're saying, well, you just said don't worry about the pass. Well, agreed by series. But over the big picture, you can't afford to go 1-5. and five. I don't care who you're facing at home coming off of all that. Momentum. Now you get a win tomorrow, you're fine. Two and four, okay. We said coming into this homestand, five wins was the goal, four was the minimum. Get a win tomorrow, you're just a two out of three away from hitting the four or a sweep away from getting the five. So you can still do all the things you need to do with a win tomorrow. And James Shields, bottom line, needs to get it done if he's the pitcher as the Royals think he is and if he's the guy that's going to get that payday that he's looking for this offseason. As James Shields, his last 10 starts, he's allowed four or more runs half of the time. So his last 10 starts, four runs or more, five of the ten, including games in the last ten where he's given up seven earned runs, five earned runs, six earned runs, five earned runs, and no more than seven innings in any of those starts. So we hold Shields to a higher standard, a higher regard, because that's what he is. He's an ace. The Royals traded a lot of pieces to get him. He's going into the offseason looking for probably five years, 90 million, something like that. Four years, 85. I don't know what it'll be. I doubt he's going to get 100. So this is what Shields is expected to do, and the Royals need him to do it tomorrow for the team and for himself. We'll see what happens here on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, have yourself a good night. Hang in there, Royals fans. Tip the cap. Win tomorrow. You're back on track. You start over fresh from this series. You get two out of three. Put the pass behind you. You're right back where you need to be with a good chance to get things going again with the Angels this weekend. And some pretty winnable games coming up on a road trip. We'll talk about all that, of course, later on this week. Go Royals.